0: all right welcome back to the sports med analytics podcast i am deepak chona excited to bring you this year's nfl draft injury rundown we're going to jump right in starting at the top likely number one overall pick bryce young now the injury risk here is a big topic of discussion we have him as a four out of five the history is pretty mild one ac joint sprain that shouldn't carry any risk forward But questions here stem from the fact that we have never seen a prior top QB prospect this size. And yes, he is smaller than Kyler Murray and then Russell Wilson. But the logic here is simple. Players with lower weight experience greater accelerations and decelerations in collisions. And that's usually when injuries occur. It will be harder to avoid big hits without Alabama's offensive line in front of him. So we do have some real concerns about Young's ability to stay healthy in the NFL. Then we have Will Levis. The injury risk here is a two out of five. The evaluation on Levis is actually really more reassuring than concerning. 2022's production was definitely depressed by injuries. He had a turf toe, an AC joint, and a finger dislocation. But fortunately, none of those carry lingering performance or durability impacts. Plus, the fact that he played through so much actually speaks really well of his pain tolerance. Scouts say he'll have to learn to avoid violent hits, Otherwise, no real red flags on Levis. And then Anthony Richardson, maybe the highest upside QB in this draft. Injury risk here, three out of five. NFL data suggests shorter careers with more missed games for players with pre-NFL meniscus tears, and he's had two. Now longevity, 10 or more years, may be hurt, but expect minimal short-term impact over the next about five years, unless that knee takes another hit. This risk level is really part history, part playing style. Early on, Richardson will be a running QB, which makes him more prone to injury in our database. Overall, moderate risk, but could decrease over time as playing style evolves. And then we have CJ Stroud, one of the lowest risk ratings in this draft, injury risk 1 out of 5. Pocket-based QB, average size, Stroud is relatively safe. In college, he had only an AC joint sprain, and that is very likely fully healed without any long-term impact. Then we have his teammate, Jackson Smith Jigba, maybe the best receiver in this draft. Injury risk here, 3 out of 5. Last year was really limited by a severe hamstring. That does carry a 20-30% to 30% recurrence rate in the first few years back, depending on what data you look at. If he's able to avoid that outcome, however, there's no long-term performance hit expected, and the recurrence risk actually goes down as time goes on. Overall, moderate risk for the short and medium term. And then, possibly the most talented offensive player in this draft, Bijan Robinson. Now, injury risk here, two out of five. Prototype athlete, mild history. His elbow dislocation in 2021, neck strain in 2020 don't carry forward any risk or performance impact. Running backs do face the greatest injury risk overall as a position, but he does have the skill set to feature heavily in the passing game. If utilized accordingly, That would be protective from injury since receptions carry lower risk per play than rushes. And then we have Hendon Hooker. Now the injury impact score here, 3 out of 5, and he's coming right off of the ACL. Hooker is likely to be cleared right around week 1 from the November injury, but quarterbacks return to their pre-injury passing productivity, but running is a different story. It usually takes a sizable dip in the first year before bouncing back to pre-injury baseline in the second. The ACL has some mild long-term durability impact, but reportedly his meniscus was uninjured, which definitely helps his outlook. And then Jalen Carter, possibly the best defensive player here. Injury risk 2 out of 5. Carter's production last year was depressed by a high ankle sprain, followed then by an MCL sprain. Both injuries should be fully healed now, and neither confers any risk the following season. Then Tyree Wilson, injury risk here 2 out of 5. Wilson had foot surgery in 2022 for what was likely a Jones fracture. The fact that the surgeon then removed the implants and cleared Wilson a few months later indicates that healing very likely went well. There is also a chance that this could have been a Liz Frank injury. Either way, mild refracture risk exists, but no major concerns. Then Kendra Miller, TCU running back, injury impact 2 out of 5. He sprained his MCL in January, missed the last game of their season, but he should be fully healed well before OTAs. No lasting impact expected, average risk for running backs. Then, Kayshawn Booty. Injury risk 2 out of 5. Needing two surgeries to treat an ankle fracture does slightly raise some eyebrows, but at this point, Booty has very likely healed fully. No lasting impact expected. Then we have Dalton Kincaid. Injury impact about 1 out of 5. Most non-operatively treated fractures in the lumbar spine heal well without any lingering impact on performance or durability. Low overall concern. Then Luke Musgrave. Injury impact here, two out of five. Severe MCLs heal a little bit looser than their pre-injury versions, so the injury does carry mildly increased durability risk going forward. Don't expect any noticeable performance impact by the start of OTAs. Then Brian Breesey. Now, for teams really looking hard at the injury analytics, this is potentially the biggest potential sleeper value in this draft. Injury impact here, two out of five. Data indicates that Brisey's 2022 production was likely depressed by his 2021 ACL recovery. That same data points to return to a return to full pre-injury form in 2023. Some team could be getting a real steal on this former number one overall recruit and freshman All-American. Then we have Andrew Voorhees, brutal luck tearing his ACL at the NFL combine on the precipice of his dreams. Injury impact here, four out of five. The earliest reasonable clearance for Voorhees post ACL could come around December, so we'd strongly expect him to miss the 2023 season, should return for the start of 2024, but offensive linemen average about 20 months to regain their full pre-injury performance levels, and that would come around November of next year. Mildly increased durability risk going forward. Then we have Jack Campbell. Injury risk 2 out of 5. We're really not too worried that Campbell was unable to bench press at the combine. He had sprained his elbow UCL a few months earlier, so he had likely avoided heavy lifting recently to let it heal. This shouldn't affect a linebacker too much going forward. Then we have J.L. Skinner. Injury impact 3 out of 5. The real question here is timeline. Recovery from early March pec tendon repair averages about six or seven months, which returns Skinner right around the first quarter of the season, but may cost him the first few games. High likelihood that he regains full pre-injury performance level without major re-injury risk. And that's all we have for today. Deepak Shona here, signing off.